Welcome to Healthy and Happy. I'm your host, Jamie Staker. I'm a mother of two boys. I have a lot of energy, and I love to use it by doing HIIT workouts, less Mills programs, and dancing. I'm a certified personal trainer and a certified health coach. I'm here to help you understand physical health in all of its aspects and add mental health to your awareness so you can make choices that improve your physical and mental health, giving you your most happy, healthy life. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Healthy and Happy Podcast with me, Jamie Staker. This is episode 14, Silver Bullet Tips for Optimal Health. Have you ever heard the saying, you can't out-exercise a bad diet? Today, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about whether exercise is more important or nutrition is more important and why. How do they both affect our weight loss and, and us being at our optimal health? So we'll kind of have, I almost feel like it's like two totally <laughs> different topics. I mean, we'll, we'll dive into nutrition. We'll talk about six tips, silver bullet tips for optimal health um, in nutrition. And then we'll kind of go into some exercise and talk about the most effective ways to exercise and how that can help you burn the most optimal amount of calories. So are you on board? Are you ready for this? It's going to be enlightening, I promise. I promise, I promise. I I like to promise that in every one of my episodes, you will learn something that you hadn't heard before. I almost want to guarantee that. (laughs) Okay, let's get in. So before I do my six tips, I wanted to kind of talk about about the 80-20 rule, if, if you've ever heard it. Um, I've heard it a couple different ways, but today we're going to talk about it as in 80%. It's like 80% important to have good nutrition and 20% of your weight loss is going to come from exercise. Kind of like that. So if you want to lose weight, nutrition is so, so crucial because you can't out-exercise a bad diet. Okay. Oh, I'm going to cringe when I say this word, but because I don't like calories, We, we don't, I don't count calories myself. I don't teach people to do so. But it is true that if you're a healthy adult, you'll lose weight over time if you eat fewer calories than your body uses. And you'll gain weight if, over time, you eat more calories than your body uses. So if weight loss is your goal, then it all hinges on calorie deficit. That is, I'm going to say a fact. Even though I think that it's very... It's actually very heavy, very complex, Um, but that is something that you'll hear fitness and and nutrition professionals say is that it all hinges on calorie deficit, right? And like I said, I hate even using the word calorie because we don't use that word in my program at all. Like I never say that word to people. We we talk about getting in nutrient-dense foods and we talk about listening to our bodies But I'm going to just go ahead and admit that as a general rule, it is true that you have to burn more calories than you take in if you want to lose weight. However, listen to this, 60 to 96% of people who lose weight gain it back and then some. Okay, now I said 60 to 96 because honest and truly, I've read several different studies and some say 60% and some say 96% and anywhere in between. But all of them were over 50%. Over 50% of people that lose weight gain it back and then some. So let's pretend you were at 150, you lost weight, and then within a few years, you're back up to 160. <laughs> like you, you gained your weight and then some, and then you do it again. Maybe you do another diet 
and you lose lots of weight. And then in the next couple of years, you gain it back and then some, then you're at 170. And that's how it goes for most people, for, for more than half of people. Okay. So I think we, we as fitness professionals need to realize that losing weight can be much harder and much more complex than we make it seem when we just say, oh, burn more calories than you eat and you'll lose weight. Okay. There is a little bit more to it than that. So so let's get into it. Let's get into those six tips. These will help you understand. And when we talk about exercise, it'll help you understand more as well why it's not just about calories. Okay. So six tips. Number one is that there are six nutrients that our bodies need, not three. Okay. Have you heard carbohydrates, proteins, and fats? Isn't, isn't that what we hear all the time? We got to focus on carbs, proteins, and fats. We got to cut carbs or we got to cut proteins. We got to cut only, I mean, we, we only talk about carbs, proteins, and fats. Do you realize this? When I was thinking about this, I thought, oh my gosh, this drives me nuts that we don't talk about the other three nutrients. There are six nutrients that our bodies need. Now the other ones are micronutrients. So I realize we're always just talking about the macros But the macros are not the only things our bodies need. Our bodies also need vitamins, minerals, and water. We are 80% water, people. We are mostly water. We need vitamins, minerals, and water so, so much, but we don't don't really talk about them because we're just so focused on on our macros. But we definitely need them all, and the best way to source these nutrients depends on the individual, okay? So, for example... Some of us might find Greek yogurt to be a great source of protein. That might work really well for some of our bodies. But others might find that it brings them just nothing but an upset tummy, right? So the way we're going to get these nutrients in and the amount of them might be different for each individual, but we do all need carbohydrates, proteins, fats, vitamins, minerals, and water, okay? Now this is this talking about... Greek yogurt or, or dairy and an upset tummy, tummy kind of brings me to the next point, which is number two, pay attention to what you eat and how it makes you feel. Okay. So it's important to pay attention to what you eat and how it makes you feel because for some people, like I said, yogurt might be a great source of protein, but other people, it might bring them an upset tummy. So, and you can find research on anything in the world you want like you can prove I'm sure that tree nuts are so bad for us we shouldn't be eating them why do why do they exist but then you're going to find other studies that are like yes these have so many good fatty acids you know omegas for us and they're they're really really beneficial to our health I'm just trying to point out guys that you can find information on whatever you want okay you can prove that dairy's good or you can prove that it's bad but really what it comes down to is your body okay so I want you to think of your body as an experiment lab Okay, if there is a food that you think you might have a sensitivity to or you might think it brings you an upset tummy, keep a a food journal, okay? When I was in health coach school, we had a nutritionist. I'm pretty sure her name was Andrea Nakayama, and she introduced us to the food, mood, poop journal. Yep, food, mood, poop. <laughs> so you had to record what you ate what your mood was um, like right after, several hours after the next day, like you kind of had to keep pretty good track of, of what you were eating and how it made you feel. But then also, this is fun. <laughs> she had a chart of 
seven, I guess I'm just going to say types of poops <laughs> that you could have. And, and you had to record that as well in your food mood poop journal. And you could figure out, I shouldn't say pretty easily, but I mean, once you take several weeks of journaling of, of what you're eating and how it makes you feel and, and what comes out the other end, you could get a really good feel for what works in your body and what work and what doesn't. So I thought that was pretty impressive. And when I have clients that want to talk about their poop, they always feel so embarrassed at first. And I'm like, no, that's actually really important. What, what comes in must go out and it's telling, it's very telling as to how it's working in our body. So sorry that I mentioned poop on our podcast, (laughs) but I guess when you have kids too, you're just used to talking about poop anyways, right? So, so look for patterns, right? And play around with, with what you're finding in this journal. If you've, if you decide to do that, because when you start to take notice of how different foods make you feel, you can start making changes that will make you feel so much better. You know, if you're not, if you're not already feeling great. So I wanted to add two before we go on to number three, that it is easy to feel overwhelmed with the amount of of advice that you can get online. I mean, you can, like I said, you can find anything, you can find contradictory information. It's just, we are in the information age or some now call it the misinformation, misinformation age, which I agree with that as well. So anyways, one website might say to avoid something and one might not. So that's why this food journal is going to be really, really helpful. But as a general rule, do this. Okay. Wherever you're located in the world, this advice stands, okay, to eat more plants, to eat less sugar, to eat less salt, and less trans and saturated fats, and then just cut back on any food that's been overly processed, okay? As a general rule, that will serve you well, okay? Number three, eat the rainbow. Have y'all heard this one? Eat the rainbow in fruits and vegetables. That is so important. Why? Well, Making sure our diets are packed with all sorts of different colors is one of the simplest ways to fuel our body with, guess what? The micronutrients (laughs) with vitamins and minerals and something else that we haven't talked about yet called phytochemicals. Now, I'm assuming everyone, you know, more or less knows what vitamins and minerals are. So real quick, phytochemicals are a naturally occurring compound in plant foods such as fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, nuts, and seeds. Now I said those slower because we don't think about those. We talk about the carbs, the fats, the protein, and some of us for carbs, we, we, I think we all have such a skewed idea of what carbs are. And we'll talk about that in a second. But for a lot of us, when we say carbs, we just think bread or we just think bad. (laughs) I don't know what some of us think, but we forget that fruits and vegetables are carbohydrates as well. And fruits and vegetables are awesome for us. That's where we get our vitamins and minerals, which are so vital. They are one of the six essential nutrients, okay, that our body needs. But it's not just them. It's whole grains, it's beans, it's nuts and seeds. So anyway, phytochemicals are found in those things. And they, they do about five things. They, they aid the function in the immune system. So they help your immune system. They protect cells and DNA from damage that may lead to cancer. Super important. They, anti, they act as antioxidants. Okay. And they attach onto free radicals that are just floating around and they're about to cause cancer. They, they attach onto those. Okay. So that's number two. Number three is they reduce inflammation, which chronic inflammation is not good. 
Day four, they slow the growth rate of some cancer cells. So awesome. And then five, they help regulate our hormones. So phytochemicals are really important, okay? And if you're not eating fruits and vegetables and whole grains and beans and nuts and seeds, you're not going to be getting the phytochemicals you need or the minerals or the vitamins, okay? So let's go into vitamins and minerals. Um, so these are your micronutrients, which I kind of mentioned, but it's because they are found in foods in very small amounts. We need them. They're critical for our survival, but we just don't need them as much as we need, like, we don't need them in as large a quantities. There we go. <laughs> Say it right. So not only do we need a colorful mix of fruit and vegetables, but we also need a colorful mix of healthy fats. Did you ever think of that? So we need butter and milk and salmon and eggs and, and olive oil and nuts and meat. We need all kinds of different fats, okay? Fats help us absorb the fat-soluble vitamins, okay? While we're on this subject, let's just mention this. Because uh, I was thinking as I prepared this, this came into my brain, but I didn't plan to talk about it. But I thought it was interesting because when we talk about fat, most of us want to get rid of fat. You know, if you want to lose weight, you're wanting to, to get rid of the, el- the excess fat that your body doesn't need. But it's, I think, important to note that our bodies do need some fat. They have a very important role in our bodies. And if we lose too much fat our bodies won't function properly, okay? We won't be able to balance our hormones and and insulate our important organs and absorb our vitamin. I mean, they, guys, fat is important. So the story, the story I wanted to tell is that one time I was, I was laying on the floor and I think I was exercising, but I looked at my legs and I was like, ugh, I got this like excess fat on my thighs. Wish I could get rid of that. And I had to slap myself. I had to stop myself and say, geez, Jamie, like you're at a healthy weight. You're at a healthy body fat percentage, your body needs this fat on your legs. But, but the reason I wanted to tell the story is because, I mean, I am a very body neutral person. I try to not talk about bodies in general or post about my body or anything like that. But because of the world we live in, that crap just gets into your brain, you know, like I had that thought and I had to shoo it out. So my point, I guess, is I'm not perfect either at this, you know, the body neutrality. If you listened a couple ex episodes ago about body neutrality, I'm not perfect at it either. I have to catch myself but our bodies need fat. We need it. Okay, let's go on to number four. Number four is learn the truth about sugar. Okay, so it's a common misconception that sugar is evil (laughs) and that it should just be eliminated from our diets. You know, no carbohydrates, carbs are bad. Let's only have 36 grams of carbs a day. I mean, I've heard it all guys. Keto is so big right now. And we just think sugar is the devil. But guys, that's not the case. Bear with me. Listen up. That's not the case because not all sugar is created equally. Okay? So while all sugar is a type of carbohydrate, it's it's broken down into glucose and we use that for energy, but it's not all created equally. Okay? So when we eat foods like an apple or maybe oats, we get a good dose of sugar and it's great for energy and we also get fiber, fiber and important vitamins and minerals. Really, really important. And when we eat these kind of things, we stay fuller for longer. Okay. That is, that is okay. Yes. Apples do have carbohydrates. If you want to say that oats have carbs, but they also have important vitamins and minerals and fiber. We do not get enough fiber. Um, so, so those are I'm going to say good sources, right? They, they do have some sugar, but they have some good stuff too. 
But when we eat things like cake and candy and soda, we're consuming the calories, but we don't get any other benefit. To me, this is just empty calories. When we eat junk like that, soda and candy, that that is just empty calories. It's not doing anything for us. Okay, but those other things are. So again, in my program, we really just talk about adding in nutrients. So for example, bread. A lot of people really don't like bread. And and I've even been eating a piece of like wheat toast, some kind of wheat bread. And I've had people comment like, oh, I'm surprised you're eating that. You're a nutritionist. And I just want to slap them first. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I just want to, I just tell them, well, listen, I don't focus on calories or carbohydrates. I focus on getting in nutrients. Do you want to see what's in this bread? Whole grains. Do you know what's in whole grains? Well, fiber is and vitamin E and antioxidants. And, you know, and I proceed to just tell them all the great things in this bread I'm eating. Breads with like seeds and nuts added to them or enriched with vitamins, lots of B vitamins and breads. Um, there can be so much nutrition in a freaking bread. Yet people look at me when I'm eating wheat toast like, oh my gosh, what is she doing? <laughs> Doesn't she know? Well, I do know. <laughs> I do know what I'm doing. I'm adding in nutrients to my body. That's how I see it. I'm just trying to share with you guys kind of my mentality on on eating and the mentality that I try to share with my clients so that they can just change their perspective on food. It makes so much difference in the world. I have really loved sharing with people this mentality because I see the change it makes in them and their relationship with food. Okay, sorry, we got a little sidetracked. Let's get back on. So eating, you know, soda and candy, that's just empty calories, but you'll find you'll find these, I guess we'll say, you'll find added sugars in 80% of the things you'll find in your grocery store, right? They add it to ketchup and mayonnaise and cereal and all kinds of things. So cutting back on sugar isn't always as easy as it, well, as we'd wish it could be, right? But the fastest way to eliminate unnecessary calories from your diet, I would say number one is drinks, sugary drinks. So whether that's juice for you or pop, soda, if it's candy, I don't know, whatever it is, if it's high in sugar, man, just get rid of it. That's the fastest way. Like I said, especially if it's a drink, <laughs> that is going to do wonders for you. I've seen people actually lose. I saw a guy that lost like 15 pounds and all he did was stop drinking pop. That's all he did. It was crazy. Okay. Number five, eat mindfully. So mindful eating is about maintaining an in-the-moment awareness of the food and drink that you put into your body. It's an awesome skill to develop, guys. Eating mindfully helps you start observing rather than judging how the food makes you feel. Did you know that it takes your brain up to 20 minutes to realize you're full? So our leptin hormone is the guy that's supposed to go to our brain and tell us we're full, but he's kind of (laughs) slow. He's not a quick one. So it takes us a bit to notice that we are full. And if you are, I don't know, just preoccupied while you're eating, maybe you're thinking about work or you're rushing because you're trying to get back to work or I don't know, you're scrolling social media while you're eating, you are not going to register that you are hungry because one, you know, maybe you didn't give yourself the time or two, you're just too busy. You're doing your mind is somewhere else. We're trying to be in the moment and aware while we're eating, okay? So by by making food your main focus, you can instantly slow down. I have I have a section in my program where we talk about like tips and tricks and like putting down your fork is one of them every 3 bites. Anyway, there there's lots of things you can do, but slow down. Try to slow down. Okay? This will help you become aware to 
of signals that your body sends about taste and about satisfaction and and yes about fullness so that means that you're far less likely to eat a whole bag of cheetos without even noticing have you ever done that have you ever eaten like a whole bowl or bag of something and you're like crap where did this go i was just mindlessly eating it right okay i hope i'm not the only one that's ever done that with a bag of chocolate covered pretzels oh i love those dark chocolate covered pretzels okay dark chocolate. (laughs) Okay. Anyways. So the other part of mindful eating that I wanted to talk about is, is not just, not just being there in the moment, but also about how you feel when you're eating. Gosh, among other things, we could talk a lot about this. This, I just want to talk about one thing. And it was just kind of like, if you're stressed when you begin eating and as you're eating and you know, after you're eating as well. So we can take that same scenario of maybe you're just eating really fast and trying to get back to work. And the whole time you're just thinking about all the things that you're going to do when you get back to work, you know, or maybe you're at home with your kids and you're like, oh, well, after I get to eat my food, I have to clean this and I have to do the laundry and I have to pick up the mess that the kids made. And I have to, you know, if you are stressed while you're eating, guess what's turned on? Your sympathetic nervous system. It's in high gear when we are stressed. And your sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight system. So what's the opposite of your fight or flight system? It's rest and, yes, I'm sure you said it, digest. (laughs) Rest and digest. So would you rather eat while you're in fight or flight or rest and digest? Hint, hint, like so that your body can digest the foods that you're eating, right? You're going to have a hard time digesting that sandwich you're having for lunch if your body is in stress mode. Okay. And sadly, now I'm not going to lie. I made up this number, but I think it's very accurate. Okay. I'm pretty positive on it. Our bodies, they're supposed to spend the majority of time in your rest and digest, just punctuated with tiny moments of fight or flight. Okay. Just tiny punctuations, right? So I'm going to say that that's maybe 90, 10 or 80, 20, right? We're supposed to spend 80 to 90% of our time in rest and digest mode. But guess what we do in our day? This is the part I made up, (laughs) the number. I think we are closer to 80% in stress mode and 20% in, in rest and digest. I can't back it up with any science. I'm so sorry. But I think it is pretty dang accurate that we are so often in stress mode, which is why our bodies don't function how they're supposed to. It's why it's why 80% of the over-counter medications in a store are digestive aids. We need so much help with our digestion because we are too stressed. We're going, the speed of life has just gotten too, too fast. Okay. So anyway, that's all I want to talk about with eating mindfully. It's about being in the moment and it's about going into a, to a meal in a rest and digest type of mode, in a very calm, relaxed state. Okay, the last thing we're going to talk about with nutrition is just being prepared. Okay, number six is being prepared. Spontaneity is cool, and it might bring joy to your eating. I love spontaneity. It's one of my favorite things. But but feeling unprepared when it comes to eating or snacking, that can bring a lot of stress, and it can make it feel like you are lacking in options, okay? So if you take some simple steps to be prepared, I promise your meals will go better. You will eat more nutrient-dense foods um, and get more nutrients into your body. So for example, what I like to, to do myself and, and tell others to do is have a day of the week where you meal prep. And that doesn't have to mean like 
I don't know, I guess like you see it on Instagram where there's all these bowls of chicken and vegetables and it's in six different containers and it's just in the fridge ready to go. It doesn't have to be that. It absolutely can. But for me, sometimes I just like I prepare my meat and my vegetables like I prepare them on Sunday. So if I know for that week I'm going to have lots of fresh chopped vegetables, I'll go ahead and, you know, wash them and chop them and get them into containers so that they are ready to go. Like when I have a salad, I really like to chop my vegetables really small. And I don't know, it just, it just helps that they're just like ready to go. I can just throw them on super easy and it makes eating healthy so much easier. Okay. We are not going to do things if we, if it is not easy because we're human and the human body wants to do things easiest as possible and, and use the least amount of energy possible. Are you like this? Do you see this in yourself? That is a natural human tendency. Okay. So we got to make it easy on ourselves to get these nutrients in. So meat is another thing I do. I like to just either crock pot or I don't know, I do it differently. I put it in the, oh, I learned you can do chicken in the air fryer. Did that the other day. That was pretty cool. Or I'll grill it or however I do it, but I'll make a bunch of chicken. So I have it for the week. Just things like that. Again, you can make meals, but if you are prepared, I promise you'll have much better luck. And I like to put my healthy stuff on the shelves instead of in the drawers. You know how you usually have your meat drawer and your vegetable drawer? Well, if I have all my vegetables in the drawer, I don't remember. I mean, it's just that one more thing to do. Oh my gosh, I have to bend over and open this drawer. My human brain doesn't want to do that because it's effort, right? But if all I have to do is open the fridge and it's at eye level, guys, this sounds so stupid, but I swear it works. It's at eye level. You're ready. You are ready to just whip it out and put it in your salad or whatever you're doing. Um, Sometimes I love, sometimes I love, I always love, but sometimes I make roasted vegetables. So I'll just put a ton on a pan and cook it up. And then I've got it for several days in the week. So anyway, just being prepared guys will help you go so far with healthy eating. So let's review those real quick so we can go on to exercise. So number one was there are six nutrients your body needs. Six nutrients you should be focusing on carbs, proteins, fats, minerals, vitamins, and water. We could have gone into depth a lot more on those, but we'll save that for another day, okay? Um, silver bullet tip two was pay attention to what you eat and how it makes you feel. Tip number three was eat the rainbow in fruits and vegetables and whole grains, beans, nuts, and seeds. Tip number four was learn the truth about sugar. Not all sugar is created equal and some healthy breads or, you know, apples and oats some, some of them have vitamins, minerals, and fiber that are really crucial to your health. So learn the truth about that. <laughs> number five, eat mindfully. And number six was to be prepared. All right, let's dive into some exercise. I hope that this is not too scientific for you and that you just love it because sometimes I like things that other people don't find interesting. So let's talk about this though. I think you will. So, so we talked about some things that will help us to have optimal health that are dealing with nutrition. Now we want to switch over and talk about exercise. How can we get the most out of our exercise? What types of exercise are the most beneficial? Okay, now let me preface this with, I like to teach people what is most effective. Like I like them to know, hey, if you want to lose weight and do it as fast as possible, like this is the type of exercise that's going to be optimal. However, For anything to be sustainable, it's got to be enjoyable. So if you hate the types of exercise we're about to talk about, 
please don't try to do them three to five days a week for the rest of your life. <laughs> you're not going to be able to, to, to sustain that. I mean, if you can, fantastic. But if you're like, man, I just really hate hit workouts, like th- then don't do them or, or do them once a week, you know, like have them thrown in there. But I really think that people need to do what they love, what they're passionate about, or they, they're not going to want to continue doing it. It's not, it's just not going to be enjoyable. And that makes it really hard to be motivated to do something when you're like, ugh. Once I get up and put my shoes on and my exercise clothes, I have to go run and I hate to run. Why would I even want to start? You know what I mean? Like I just, so I just like people to know that these are going to be the most effective things, but do what you love. And if you don't love exercising, find something that you love. Okay. Because if, if for nothing else, you know, even if exercise is only 20% of this pie of this, you know, getting healthy pie. Even if it's only 20%, it is so crucial for your mental health. That's where I really find so much benefit in exercise is that, you know, it releases endorphins. It it gives me energy. It moves my blood. I mean, I feel like I'm more tired on the days that I don't exercise. Does anyone else feel that or do you think I'm crazy? I'm not lying. I promise that yesterday, I mean, just yesterday, I didn't exercise and we sat around the house in the afternoon and I just wanted to take a nap. And I thought, wow, I haven't like done anything today. But because I didn't exercise, I sometimes that's just how I feel. I just sit in my warm, toasty house in the afternoon and I just want to take a nap. So anyway, let's dive in. Okay. So I wanted to start with just kind of talking about how we are in this age of activity tracking, right? We have our devices and we can know in an instant, just at the fingertips, how many calories we have expended in a particular day or workout or whatever it is, right? And many of us, it's tempting to just make decisions based off of how many calories we've expended. Do you do this? Do you ever say like, oh man, how many calories did I burn today? Because I really want to eat this snack or I really want this wine or this treat or, you know, whatever. But like how many calories did I burn today? Can I justify it? Do you do that? Okay. People do that. If it's not you, lots of people do it. Okay. But while, while balancing calories in versus calories out plays an important role in maintaining healthy weight, it isn't the only factor, okay? So just because you worked out super well doesn't necessarily mean you should have the treat, I guess. So this information, I guess most of it comes from, from Les Mills' lab. So um, what is his name? Hastings, <laughs> David Hastings, maybe I forget his first name, but he is amazing. He does some awesome experiments. And this one, they were trying to figure out why do we see more fat loss from resistance training than from cardio workouts? So in this experiment, Brian, oh, Brian, it's Brian, Brian Hastings. <laughs> there it goes. So in this, um, they were trying to track several different hormones and and molecules in our body to figure out because so what we're trying to talk about here is calories are not the only thing that's important yes calories are important for for weight loss and they matter but there are other more important adaptations that take place in your body that you're not tracking and and that we we can't necessarily track unless we're in a lab and unless we have the equipment and things like that but but I wanted to talk to you guys about EPOC EPOC stands for excess post-oxygen consumption and this there are certain types of workouts that we can do to increase epoch which is going to increase your overall effectiveness you know your your fat burning and your metabolic changes in your body 
this is what's going to change your body composition the most is this epoch. So let's get in. Okay. Like I said, I'm going to try to make it interesting. I know some of you may not be interested in it. Maybe I'll just give you a summary first (laughs) so that you can decide if you want to listen to the rest. Basically, resistance training and high intensity interval trainings have an increased epoch than other types of workouts. Okay, so if you want to stop right here, <laughs> now you can because you know, you know the thing. But I think it's so fascinating. So to, to recover, right, because we have to recover after we work out, this is what our body does. It has to balance hormones. It's got to replenish fuel stores. We've got, we've got some cellular repair going on, innervation, anabolism. We have to synthesize more ATP and more creatine to get them back up to resting levels. So we're pretty busy at, even after we work out, right? But if we want to really optimize this and burn the maximum amount, amount of calories after working out, we should do a resistance workout or like a high-intensity interval training. Isn't that cool? So the studies, what they show is that after this anaerobic exercise, so that, that's the type I was talking about, um, HIT or resistance, after these anaerobic exercises, we see higher levels of HGH, which is your human growth hormone, because and this this is an important hormone because it oxidizes fat it it burns fat and it builds lean muscle tissue it is true if you've heard it that muscle burns more than fat it does muscle burns more calories than fat so the more muscle you can build the more calories you'll burn long term isn't that cool here's how i see epoch guys is it's like more bang for your buck right like i can work out for 55 minutes and if i do like a hit workout I also get to burn some extra calories after I'm done working out. Who don't want to do that? Who don't want to just sit on the couch and keep burning calories? I think that's pretty cool, right? So Epoch's pretty cool. Another part of this is the blood lactate, okay? They were tracing blood lactate levels in these in the people they did the experiment on. And blood lactate sparks a high HGH response, the human growth hormone, right? So the more of that you have, remember, the more fat we would burn and the more muscle we would build. Muscle has mitochondria, has lots of mitochondria. So the more, oh, and that's the powerhouse of the cell, sorry. So if you want to burn more ATP, if you want to burn more calories, you got to have more muscle. I mean, you don't got to, you could choose to do it this way. Sorry. Okay. The last thing that they looked at was uh, something called interleukin-6. You might've heard it called IL-6, but it too, it induces fat oxidation. So fat burning, which suggests that it's a significant factor in exercise related changes in, in your body composition. Basically all these things being so elevated after resistance training and HIIT training means you are burning calories long after your workout. Okay, I hope that wasn't, maybe that wasn't too scientific, I don't know. But basically, when you're deciding to do an exercise, just remember that it isn't just calories burned during a workout itself, okay? It's important to also consider the longer-term physiological benefits, okay? I think that's so cool. I think it's so fascinating. Okay, guys, there you have it. You can't out-exercise a bad diet, right? 80% of your weight loss is going to come from your nutrition. So I hope that these tips can help. Remembering to focus on not just macros, but also your vitamins, minerals, and water. Hope you can pay attention to how you feel and eat the rainbow in fruits and vegetables. Realize that not all sugar is just gloom and doom, right? We have some important 
vitamins, minerals, and fiber in certain, in certain sugars. We, I hope you can eat mindfully and be prepared. And then also just remember that if you want to do the most effective exercise for weight loss, it's going to be resistance training, strength training, or HIT. Okay, these are your silver bullet tips for optimal health for your nutrition and exercise. Are you feeling overwhelmed, anxious, stressed, frustrated with your weight? Are you sick of your lack of confidence? Are you just ready to be healthy and happy? I would be honored to be your health coach. Join us in the Healthy Body and Mind Mastery Program so you can understand what factors affect your physical and mental health and start making choices that help you feel lighter, lose weight, love yourself, have confidence, and start doing things you never dreamed you would be physically or mentally capable of doing. Click the link in the bio to learn more about this online course and get ready to live your most energetic, happy, and healthy life.